Hey everyone, this is the Girls' Night podcast where we discuss women's issues and how they impact our lives working in technology. Hosting tonight, we have Crystal, who is a back-end software developer, currently fi finishing up school, <laughs> and very active in the crypto investing space. And we have Val, who has a degree in computer science and works as a Java developer in fintech. Um, and my name is Carmen. I'm a self-taught developer, and currently I run my own software consulting company. So tonight we're going to be talking about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Yay! Yay! Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. So yeah, I think our first episode, we did have an intro to like basically all of the topics that we want to discuss in the series. And today we decided to uh, dive into the Theranos case since she, the trial is going to start soon. So uh, yeah, how do we, where do we even go with this? Like this in this case is insane guys. Like the fact that this lady, first of all, first of all, I need, I really need to say this, her, why is she, this voice? Like I literally just watched the documentary guys <laughs> on HBO and what is this voice? Yeah, it, I think her normal speaking voice is probably like around what it sounds right now, but her her the voice that she puts is a little bit similar to what I'm doing right now. And I'm pretty uh, sure that yeah. this, yeah, yeah I mean, oh, it's actually, good. yeah, it was kind of easy to do the switch, um, but I think it would be pretty hard to continue that every single day in every single like press conference. Um, but I'm pretty sure that she had to put that effort in because apparently you get taken more seriously if you have a deeper voice just because it sounds a little bit more masculine yeah. um so i i think she has actually if i'm not uh, i don't know if crystal you know for sure if she has stated that she, no i don't think she has ever said that that's not her voice i think she still tries to or at least acts like that's completely um natural yeah i don't think she i don't think she has said it but I mean, yeah. it's very, it's very obvious too. Like, especially because she's trying to emulate like the male, like innovative genius, like big tech, like person, like it's because of that and her, like her hero ship of Steve Jobs. Like, I feel like it's definitely on purpose. Well, yeah. She even dresses, swears that it's real though. But like, I guess. In I mean, her family's going to back her up. <laughs> you know but, like they went on record saying that like it wasn't like that when they first interviewed that like she didn't have that voice or something I don't know but it's it's impressive how she was able to maintain it through all of her press conferences and all of her interactions like that's really intense yeah I yeah. mean it's a little psychotic though like to <laughs> like it's not like she was an actress you know like she wasn't but I guess she was playing a character so yeah. which yeah, is I she mean Oh, go ahead, Val. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I, I was going to say that she even took it to the extent of dressing like Steve Jobs or even her mannerisms. They were very much, you know, like this confident, just tech being that dresses in like a single color, very much non uh, person, not giving a lot of personality to the character, just being somebody that you look at and that you're like, oh, this person looks pretty powerful in some way. Yeah. She just embodied that archetype. Right. 
And there was a part of the documentary where she was like at a conference and like she was like sitting with like her legs open and like her like slouched over like dudes. Like I'm not saying girls can't sit like that, but like it was very much intentional the way she was sitting like a dude, like with her legs completely open, just like, and she was like trying to do like the bro stuff. And I'm like, guys, do we don't, do we need to do that? Do we need to go there? Well, I think though, one of the most interesting, like she definitely exhibits signs of um, like psychopathy, like for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's really interesting because I remember being like a 19 year old. And obviously I was not a 19 year old who had a shot of going to Stanford. I was not a 19 year old whose, you know, parents had all of these really high power connections um clearly she was an extremely charismatic person despite the fact that she like claimed that she like books were her friends and stuff and that she wasn't like a social but in order to to have that type of magnetism that she clearly had um you you have to be you know and so yeah there's a level of something not being right there between what she says about herself and how the world responds to her you know like steve jobs one thing he was is he knew like what he had and the power that he had to right. um, to compel him, and then when it when things wouldn't go his way, like if he was in a in a board meeting and he couldn't get people to see his vision, um, and no one was great, he would freak out. He would become very emotional um, early on, you know, um, and it would it would be probably um, less common for him to have that experience of not being able to sway people, you know, and he yeah. knew that, right? So yeah, man, like. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I know. So let's kind of, let's kind of track back to like how this all started, right? Like she was going to Stanford, right? Dropped out at 19 to start this company. She had this innovative, innovative tech. She even took like her, one of her professors, right? Like a well-established, really well-known like professor at Stanford and like took like, okay, so there, I feel bad for him. Like he was like a very credible, reputable professor, researcher. And then. Well, but a lot of her professors told her, you know, it wouldn't work. She never had the tech. She never had the tech. She had the idea. Yeah. And it's like, again, she's 19 years old. She's been at Stanford for less than a year. She has this great idea, but having a great idea is only as good as your ability to implement it. Right. And the scientific community at Stanford rejected her idea. And throughout the life of Theranos, there was not a lot of acceptance from the scientific community. There was a lot of acceptance from the business side, from a bunch right. of old right. white guys, <laughs> from a bunch of yeah. people who don't actually understand the science. Right. Um, meanwhile, the scientific community did not necessarily have her back um, yeah. fully. And I think that that professor was like, um, you know, he did see her as, uh, as like this Steve Jobs you know, like a young Steve Jobs. And I don't, probably because she had the vision. So even if he thought, well, I'm not sure about the tech, she had that vision. So he just like was inspired by her. Yeah. But, but yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah. yeah. At, at the end of the day, I mean, we're all human and it doesn't matter like how many degrees from how many prestigious universities you have. Sometimes when something touches your, some kind of like component inside your soul, you know, like something that is just like, oh my gosh, this could change the world. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but like I'm very, this is it, inciting a drive in me, you know, like you kind of like just forget about all sorts of logic and you just want to push further and see how far it can go. 
And like you said, Carmen, you know, she really just had that charisma or that it factor about her that you could probably see her and the way that she spoke, her mannerisms and be like, oh my gosh, this person is going to be a great person in the future. I have to follow this person carefully and really, um, you know, because I might be involved in something great as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, probably if you're a professor at Stanford, you've probably had other students like pass you by, right? Who like mm -hmm. so-and-so had a great idea or became something big and maybe you didn't believe in them when they were nobody. So maybe he like had some FOMO. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though, because he, it does come from the science side. Cause like, I understand the business side. Cause before I watched that documentary, I was like, she can't be the only one responsible. Like the investors also should have done their mm -hmm. due diligence. But in the documentary, there's a segment that really resonated with me as an investor in crypto. Like you are really, you're, believing that this project is going to work. So you full fledged, like invest in it thinking, you know, it can become a thing. And the investors that she did have were early investors in other big tech companies. So I think it's basically, they were saying like, it's easy for a business side, like investor to jump in without doing their due diligence because they're going with their gut. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Because you invest with your gut. Exactly. You invest yeah. with your gut. Mm -hmm. And that's understandable. But I still feel like the professor, why, why was there no, like, he didn't even question it because she <laughs> yeah. was so dynamic because she right. had this presence. Well, I just can't believe that he wouldn't like realize how just that's like, not like, gosh, that might happen at the end of like my kid's lifetime or something but like mm -hmm. the technology is so not there it's so yeah. not there the machines that process like um blood samples are huge and not i mean they just are they're big clunky not overly refined things so to imagine like having one in like this like bread maker size countertop thing <laughs> and to be like yeah. a lab tech even and expect that is like Oh, like I get that it's like exciting to like to to make the attempt, you know, mm -hmm. but then to I don't know, man, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, some people are just extremely good at manipulating other people that when you kind of get out of that and you start like looking back and seeing all the facts, you're just like, wow, how did I ever fall for that? How did this person actually get me to do all of these things? And, you know, I think there's a similar case with a rich, um, I guess she was pretending to be somebody who was inheriting a lot of like millions of dollars. And she actually fooled multiple people. Also, she was able to travel abroad and not pay for her stays at hotels and trick a lot of very powerful people in New York City into thinking that she could pay for all of these things. And she pretty much you know, got almost got away with it also. So there's just some people that you, you can manipulate you so well that you, the facts, anything that is concrete just kind of, yeah. is kind of thrown out the window. So do you think like, okay, her dad was a VP at Enron. Mm -hmm. So like, I know Crystal, right? <laughs> so like, do you guys think that like, she learned like corporate, corporate corruption, like like in her own family or something and decided to like try to like harness it or something. like that's that's a pretty big coincidence I'm just gonna say like it's, <laughs> let's just it's probably in the blood it's in the bloodline <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah oh no yeah um no pun intended or pun intended I don't know um I don't I guess 
I guess. I, mean, I don't I know. I just think that, like, that's like a, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. And then, yeah. But like, the thing is, is it's also like, she had such heroship of like, of Steve Jobs, like Edison, like she, that machine, that air fryer looking thing was named Edison. Like right. this, she thought she was going to be doing blood tests in this air fryer machine. Like it's tiny. Yeah. It's like, so, in, it's like almost impossible. It like physics doesn't, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure it's impossible. <laughs> it, it was impossible. I mean, for sure. Like just yeah. the way the current tech is, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But I guess like what I wonder is, okay, she was, people who were close to her throughout the lifetime of Theranos um, feel that she was more delusional than manipulative, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They thought she really believed. Really believed. You know, to the level. So does that like, um, is she no longer responsible? Is she still being manipulative? Is she like, how, how much does that delusion make her like not culpable for her actions? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder about that. Well, as much she, as, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, she willingly did things to lie, though. And I feel like even if there's good intentions behind that, that's still pretty manipulative. But so I mean, did her heroes, like the way that Crystal's talking about the hero worship. Like mm -hmm. Edison, what was it, like four yeah. years, like that he said the light bulb was completely done. Uh, meanwhile, it was not. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, Steve Jobs, obviously, you know, like he didn't um, fraudulently, he didn't like, you know, do what she did, but he had a lot of visions that you know, he was able to make good on, but could have easily swung the other way. Yeah. And it seems like it's a, it's a known thing in Silicon Valley, especially at the time, um, that you fake it till you make it. So, you know, you make it to a degree though. To a degree, like, yeah. <laughs> I believe she did something that was way beyond just like fake it till you'll make it like the, the investors would come in and they would be pretty much lied to about the results of the, um, machine. I mean, they would, I believe that they, they would think that they were getting results from it, but in reality, it was just like a normal, um, like a, a standard, like blood drawn yeah. machine, blood drawing machine that was being used. Or sometimes she would use the excuse that, oh, it's down right now. Like it's not going to work, but we have this like regular blood machine that can do the work um, yeah. instead. Well, so she was, like, yeah. Yeah. She was like just going dealing with, you know, trying to make trendy sunglasses, you know, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. this is people's health. Right, like and you just fake it till you make it with glasses. About it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And there was a part in the documentary where they said, like, uh, what the lab techs that were running these tests at 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 some point, at a certain point, they weren't even running the fingerprint prick test. They were literally taking blood from your vein, like they been doing. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. when the, that's when the lies started, you know, mm -hmm. getting yeah. out of hand and like actually into the hands of like the employees that like sh they made what did they make them do didn't they make them like all stay in like separate parts of the company they didn't have access to each other's like to communication they also like looked through every single email I saw that there was a part where they said they would reply employees had replies from like Elizabeth where she was not copied in the email she was not there was no anyway yeah I just went on a tangent about communication but <laughs> Yeah, no, the employees, the employees <laughs> yeah. were pretty much gaslighted throughout the whole thing too. And they had to sign some pretty heavy yeah. NDAs. Um, mostly, I mean, 
to prevent any of this being exposed to the public. Yeah. And I didn't know that the biochemist Ian, once he found out the tech was not there, that he committed suicide, like rip. But like, how the heck? Like, that's, that's, you have someone's death on your hands, woman. Like, I just feel like that's, yeah, that's when you should have. Yeah. Well, and if I'm remembering, it wasn't it like he, he had been raising concerns and raising concerns and then like Sonny, what did he fire him or, or something after two no. years? They made him they not made come him. in the office anymore. They That's made right. work at yeah. home, stay at home. They're like, you don't need to come in the office anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. That's but the, but my question is, Oh, and she didn't even talk to his widow. She never said a thing to his widow. Oh, that was oh, the lady. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I would I okay, I slightly fell asleep while I was watching this. <laughs> I woke up and there was this lady talking about how like she had never heard from her again. I was like wondering who she was. Okay, it's her. Mm-hmm. It's a widow. That is yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Never a, can you I mean that lack of empathy is uh Yeah, it's like like, like straight up. Yeah, straight but does up. it just come with like someone at that like caliber though? Like I also want to pose this question since we, this is supposed to be about women's issues. Like, is it w- the pressure of being a high powered female in tech, in Silicon Valley, in, in a field, especially in biotech, where this innovation is just like out of the water, like all the pressure of having that under her belt kept her from like, or kept it going? Like, is that why she kept it going? Or is she, was she actually just delusional? Did that have a factor in it? Like her not wanting to like put people down because she was a female in power. She was literally one of the only females in Silicon Valley that's like billionaire, right? So did that have a factor in why Uh, this kept going? I don't think she even cared about people in general, much less just like the cause. I I think if anything, she just wanted to not seem like a fool throughout the rest of the world. But I don't think it was a a larger scale kind of like, I cannot disappoint women. I mean, she clearly disappointed this widow uh, by not even having the the empathy to reach out and be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I I really think that she was um, a, a narcissist, just somebody that did not want to prove to the world that she herself was wrong all along yeah yeah and I wonder too like I go back and forth because sometimes I think you know what she did was really damaging to to women you know Mm -hmm. because she was the first female like at that level to be like compared to Steve Jobs and you know Bill Gates and other like Mm -hmm. visionaries um and so it seems obvious that that's damaging but then at the same time the fact that she was so accepted in that role as a woman Mm-hmm. it's weird because I'm like well I don't know it's it surprises me honestly and I'm like it doesn't do surprise me though because it if you, you? It, if you if you have a certain presence you know you're respected automatically and the fact that she went to Stanford automatically people are going to respect her she was 19 and left Stanford to like to to work on this innovative startup so mm-hmm. that gave like people hope and it's I think, I think mainly it really was the tech and investors not wanting to miss out on investing in a company like this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. And I think 
also her being a woman was both um a little bit damaging to her but also a positive thing in, in the sense that I feel like she got away with it due to the halo effect I mean you saw this yeah you saw this like pretty white woman just like doing her thing um coming from a lot of a, a very privileged background um and then I would say society just tends to glorify that in a way, you know, or at least bring that the halo effect, like this person cannot possibly do any kind of damage, like the, this person's intentions uh, can have to be 100% pure or something like that. Um, but I do think that, you know, she, she still had to cover some things um, due to being a woman, such as, you know, what we already discussed, the whole voice thing, having to dress in a not very feminine way. Uh, but at the same time, it did give her those benefits. And I think she probably wouldn't have gotten away with it if she had been a man, at least I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But I do think the halo effect played a huge role in this. See, because like, I mean, I don't know, I feel like I see both sides of it, though, because it's mm -hmm. like, yes, there's the halo effect, but for her to fool so many people, because mm -hmm. I've definitely come across plenty of people who they don't care, you know, how you look, how hot you are, how mm -hmm. white you are, how anything, like yeah. if they're going to invest, you know, $250,000, they're going to need to like, see something, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I feel yeah. like the, the fear of missing out thing had to be the most powerful thing happening. Like there was all this momentum yeah. And she was well connected. Yeah. So it's like if people like Henry Kissinger are right. are backing you, you know, I think people see that. And maybe yeah. even if she had been a guy, that it would have been a similar thing because she just had so much clout behind her. Right. You know? There was clout and there was also like, imagine if you are an investor and you passed up on this opportunity and it was mm -hmm. legit. It was yeah. one thousand percent mostly FOMO. Like, I didn't even think about that prior to watching this documentary at all. But it makes sense because you do invest with your gut, like, you completely. Yeah. Yeah, it really is all a gamble. So, yeah, I think it, it is a combination of many, many things that came into place, which is why this is this case is so interesting. Yeah. Question. Do you guys think she got pregnant on purpose? Oh, man. I think so. <laughs> I think she 1,000% pregnant on purpose to delay this trial. I mean, after everything else she did, it wouldn't be a stretch. <laughs> you know? She definitely yeah. did this. I think she And did. also a little bit of the halo effect there too, because, oh, it's a pregnant woman. Exactly. Like, don't put her in jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't mean to sound like that, but like she definitely did that. If she's like this psycho to, mm -hmm. to take this like scam on for this long, to like delay her trial even where she definitely did that's really not important but i just needed to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was killing me too like as soon as i saw like the timing of the pregnancy i was like oh wow okay like you didn't want to think it but you know i think nobody wants to think that but again that's like val was saying that's the halo effect we don't want to think yeah. it you know because she's a yeah. woman and because we're like oh like woman baby whatever no one would ever you know like it makes you sen it makes you sentiment sentimental and yeah. uh, sympathetic um instantly like even yeah. despite everything she did you know what do you do about that you know yeah. is that just like our our like our cultural upbringing that's yeah. like training us to be that way like what do you think yeah. i don't have an um, opinion on that 
Um, I mean, it's just the patriarchy. The patriarchy is, you know, for many, many years, centuries, it has just like created this um, division in which, you know, like women fit one role, men fit the other. Um, and thus, uh, women are seen as just like nurturing and like the whole purpose of women is to like be childbearers and like they have to be protected. They're just like so dainty and, you know, like, which, you know, it, it is fabrication for the most part because we are individuals and like I am not necessarily nurturing all the time I know men who are way more nurturing than I, than I am but um it is kind of something that like societally like we have been conditioned to believe by the patriarchy yeah but here's my other question she had so you know you know with startups right there's you pivot all the time you know she start she may she could have started off with this innovative tech that she thought she had but but she had all those years to try to make at least something out of it she could have pivoted so that it didn't come to this degree like what what innovation was had during those years like there was no steps even taken towards the innovation right or was there did I miss that no there really weren't and like I don't know I think that's like where the delusional edge comes in because some of her lab techs said in their interviews um that like they told her like the machine cannot be this small they like yeah. were still committed to the vision but they were like it can't be this small like the laws of physics will not allow us to do that <laughs> And, um, and she rebuffed them and basically like, it's like, no, this is what it, it has to be. Whereas like typical startup pivoting would be like, oh, that doesn't work. Okay. We need to do this. Okay. That didn't work. We need mm -hmm. to make it this way. Okay. And like, but she was yeah. so stuck on it being just this narrow, like what her original vision was that she couldn't apparently see anything else. So nothing really got done. I think Edison never fully worked, was really messy and a kind of scary way with the way the blood would get everywhere and I think ultimately ran about two samples uh or 200 tests excuse me um it was supposed to run 200 tests it ran two um so yeah well it's yeah. right because you're not supposed to run blood tests in an air fryer guys <laughs> Edison was literally yeah. you have to go to like Stanford to know that though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I believe they made a lot more progress in terms of marketing because most of the meetings that she attended were like, oh, like what kind of name should we put it um, to this? Oh, yeah. Or like, what kind of like ad for like Walgreens should we, right. you know, like those were the type of meetings that they were having. When it came to like the actual tag, there was very little, if any progress made at all. Yeah, yeah she was worried about naming the cloud, which she ended up <laughs> naming Yoda, Yoda. And like, what? <laughs> Like that was your, your concern about marketing when you have no <laughs> tech to market. Like you wanted to be so cool with the nerd, like culture, you had to name it Yoda <laughs> and like to be fit in with the boys, but like you literally had nothing to show for it. Right. It's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for us. Well, I think again, though, the, like the level of connections that she had, because yeah, true. normally like a startup that was like a biotech startup would have had like FDA regulations at a totally different level. And like the documentary, like they touch on it and basically like the, the, um, hopefully I'm not, it's the FDA, right? Hopefully I'm not saying the yeah. right there. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, I'm bad with acronyms, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Um, food drugs, food drugs. <laughs> food dr- oh, yeah, thank food you. Food drug admin. <laughs> and I knew it stood for something. Um, but they uh, were not regulating her at the level that they really should have been. Yeah. And when reporters reached out to them, they mm-hmm. were kind of like, oh, no comment ish. I'm not allowed to talk about that because of like legal reasons and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Because, you know, she had these like crazy, intense, like pit bull lawyers and like yeah. just. How, how much muscle do you have to have to bully the FDA to keep them off your back? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's really all about who you know. That's really all this comes yeah. down to, and it's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. It's really who do we know, guys? Huh? <laughs> yeah. But I said, who do we know? I know some people, but I don't know if I can get around the FDA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did come from a family of connections. Facts. So. That's facts. That is facts. For sure. But I just like I would have I would I don't know. I'd be embarrassed to have a child if I was her, to be honest. Like, what are you gonna leave this child? Like you're gonna be in prison for the next 20 years. That's so fucked up to me. It's just I don't know. I wonder if like the sympathy play will have any impact on the jury though, you know? Yeah. manipulative it's just like if that if she really did do that on purpose and she's just trying to like benefit of the fact that like you know she might get benefit from the the halo effect like that that's oh that's so manipulative and just uh see that she's doing it till this day then what she's been doing all these (laughs) years and if if all of this adds up like she she really this was a very calculated move from her team to like try to get her less time to try to get the halo effect like you're saying right yeah I mean it probably it probably is I don't know okay and like when I first was um you know researching more about her past and I realized how early on um Sonny entered her life and that she was you know 19 maybe 20 when they hooked up and he was almost 20 years older than her my first thought was of course and probably because of like patriarchal norms what's that no but my first thought was like oh he had like a like an impact on her like she's a young impressionable girl and like he probably manipulated her to do all these things but as you go through the story she throws him under the bus like she's like like later bro like and then just continues on this path like yeah it's just funny how like your instant reaction though like when you oh like a young girl young white girl at that you know it's just really crazy yeah. how you have yeah. these like impressions that instantly yeah wash over you and then you have to like research and like think through logically like okay does that actually make sense just because she's a young woman that she was manipulated by an older man or was she manipulating everyone around her yeah um it can actually be both i mean sometimes when you are a victim that you end up being a perpetrator down down the line um so maybe you know like she was manipulated in some way but down the line she kind of like twisted that over but um, I, I feel like in many ways she was a victim of just like a couple things, maybe like a little bit of sexism. And that's why she yeah. felt like she had to change herself, yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of being mm-hmm. like groomed in a way by an older man. Yeah. Um, but then she absolutely just like became a perpetrator and like ruined so many people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem is like, like we talked about in our first uh, episode, Val, like we can't just blindly support women in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because they're women in power. Like, I know we got shit for saying this last time, but we really can't just blindly support women just because they're doing the same thing that the men are doing. Like, 
we can't like that we're just perpetuate we're just perpetrating the patriarchy at that point yeah the way we were conditioned yeah and like i said last time i mean we do hold a lot of the men accountable at least i do i know that a lot of other people don't i mean blindly just like praising ceos for whatever they do Mm -hmm. it is pretty common so that's going to happen but i hold both men and women accountable especially the women are not making things better for other women if they're exploiting other women like i i don't feel represented by that i don't want to blindly support somebody that is damaging other women's lives (laughs) i care more about like the women workers the women that don't have other privileges in their life the women that didn't come from like a rich background you know yeah and that is the problem though you know like there isn't enough representation so we feel like we have to just mm-hmm. to support other women and it's yeah. it, it just comes back down to that it's just not enough representation so this is uh, a weird question but i'm curious what you guys think mm-hmm. so as far as not um not meeting the standard of the patriarchy but mm-hmm. just embracing it on our own as women mm-hmm. right and taking it on in whatever way make sense as women how do you guys feel about like handling emotional emotionally charged situations in business because like the standard is set by men and men don't show Mm -hmm. emotion so like do you think that that is still the correct way to handle business especially when we talk about things like investing and being your gut because you don't think so no because i mean i'm emotional yeah. And I don't care that I'm emotional. Men are emotional too. They just like are better at masking it. It's the like, they can't show, yeah. anger you know, like what men do. Right. It's okay and, as long as you're angry. And I, and I am, I do, re- I do react with emotions because I, I'm just a reactive person. I'm very expressive. And like, if I, if I have feelings, you're going to know just by looking at my face, like yeah. I, I just can't hide it. Yeah. And I don't think that's wrong. Like you're human. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not a fucking robot. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, we are not robots. And this whole thing about professionalism is just so, it just seems so outdated to me. Um, I mean, it even goes as far as, you know, like sometimes in some um, businesses, like people can't even like sit on a chair because that's not professional. And it, you know, it just like trickles down like that. And it's just kind of like very uh, senseless rules to maybe try and like turn people into robots instead of, you know, providing them or allowing them to present their humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it's perfectly fine to be emotional. I mean, uh, unless that it, it's just going like way too overboard, you right. know, and even right. then, like if somebody is having a panic attack right. or something right. like that, it should be taken care of. It should not be shamed. It should be like, Hey, you know, like let's step aside. Let's get somebody that can help you like deal with this panic attack or something like that, but it shouldn't be taboo. It shouldn't be something right. that you should get any shame for, or where you're seen as inferior for. Right. right. Yeah. And being I, professional is just there. It's just censorship at work. Yes. That's really wow, all that, that is. is so well said. No, yes. it is yeah. because it is just censorship at work because like you can't even react in a normal human manner in yeah. situations at work because you have to be professional mm-hmm. but there are lines that people cross even in a professional environment where you have to be professional but if they cross that certain line i don't give a fuck like i'm sorry like i've told off many high powered people because they pissed me off or they disrespected me like i don't give a fuck who you are like, I don't care if I'm come off of unprofessional. Like, I'm not going to let you sit here and like disrespect me just because yeah. I am in a lower position. I'm a girl or whatever, right. you know? Yeah, no, I've had mm-hmm. it like what has really pissed me off um, in jobs that I've had where 
there are men who work at, at uh, we'll say the company I worked at at the time, uh, one particular company, there were men who worked there um, who like, uh, they'd be mad and they'd run around, they'd kick a trash can, they'd scream at a subordinate, like stuff like that, right? And yeah. there was an instance where I was under a lot of pressure. I literally had the CTO of the company over my shoulder, my boss across, like, you know, there was something that needed to be fixed and I was trying to fix it. And people were hounding me. I think I might've made a mistake. I, I, I don't remember. I probably made a mistake or something, you know, and that's the reason I was like the center of it. But anyway, I'm trying to fix it. Cause like, I'm, when I, when I mess something up, it's like, it's about the solution at that point. I don't really need to hear your opinion and you're bitching me out or whatever, cussing me out. Like I'm trying to fix it. And I can't think if there's three people, you know, talking to me, like I'm trying to focus so I can fix the thing that's wrong. Right. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't cuss. I didn't like yell. I didn't, all I did was like, I looked at my boss who was like the worst offender of the, the noise happening. Um, and I was just like, I need you to be quiet. Or I said something like that. I was just like direct, you know, calm, but direct tone. And I was just like, and she's my boss. So the fact that I told her to stop talking to me so I could fix the thing that was wrong. She gave me so much shit. She was like, I can't believe you said that in front of the CTO and blah, blah, blah. Do you know how that made me look? And like, I got reamed for that. Nobody cared that I actually fixed what was wrong. They cared about the hierarchy of the company and like the, I don't even know, but throughout my life, professional and personal situations, I, um, I can't, like people perceive me as aggressive when I don't think I'm being aggressive. I think I'm being the way any other man would mm-hmm. be in that situation. But yeah. because I'm not like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I'm not that yeah. type of girl, people perceive me as being a bitch. And it's followed me and haunted me my entire life. Like it kills me. <laughs> guess what? You I don't just feel a, rem- call me a bitch. Call yeah, me a bitch. You, I just hurt oh your feelings. You know what? You just reminded me of something. Cause yeah, I, I think for the most part, I'm very much professionally. I'm like, ah, you know, like, ah, whatever. But I do remember an instance where I was just like, really, um, I, I guess like pissed off, honestly, um, about something that I had to work on. And then I was firm. I, I, I pretty much like told this person, like, no, I am not going to do this. Um, I already did this and that, you know, this yeah. goes beyond the scope. Like, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And then they pretty much said something like, oh, she, uh, she was going to call the, um, uh, the federal uh, government or something. Like she sounded like she was going to call the federal government. And I feel like, especially at work, um, there's a lot of people, men, that can be very much a- aggressive. Like, honestly, aggressive. It just goes beyond the point of being firm. It, it, they can be very emotional, to be honest. And and I feel like people just take it as, you know, oh, this is just this person. You know, that's just how they are. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of like we're used yeah. to it. Yeah. But if it's a woman. Yeah. It's not just how she is. Yes. Right? Guys, yeah. I've legit been fired from the CEO because I told him off because there, we had an incident with like this IT guy once and he was just blindly taking the IT guy's side. And I'm like, you're literally just defending him because he's the IT guy. You're not listening to any of us. And like 10 minutes later, my immediate, like immediate supervisor, she was like, Hey, we need to talk. And then I got fired. I'm like, you're like, she was pissed about it. Like, but he was just like a very old school British man 
like yeah. comes from like you know it's just older it's just a generational thing and the fact that he just couldn't handle the fact that I was being firm about something because I was I knew I was right like you couldn't you couldn't have that discourse with me yeah. like you just was like oh I can just fire you because I own this company type of thing it's like and imagine if we if he was a woman and he did that to someone mm-hmm. they'd be like she's a fucking bitch yeah. like fuck her yeah. Yeah. you know yeah I'll bet she got no slack it's like women who are subordinates we you know have certain restrictions and then women who are leaders have a different set of restrictions yeah and if you fall outside of like just very narrow lane of what's acceptable behavior um you're automatically a bitch or Mm -hmm. you know um incompetent and like those are the two things that like you're fighting like especially in leadership positions you know yeah people are always going to think are you incompetent or are you a bitch? And yeah. that's the line we walk. Yeah, time. this is why I it doesn't sit right with me when like a man it may be like rightfully man, mad at a woman if she's like a boss or something and he calls that woman a bitch. Like it just doesn't sit right with me even if they're in the right about why they, they're mad at this person just because I feel like it's not the action that took place on behalf of this woman. It's just the fact that she is a woman and she did something that you didn't like. You know, I, I feel like there's better terms to be like, oh, this person is cruel. This person or uh, my boss is... Um, uh, I don't know, like, she's very, I, I, there's just, like, way better terms that you can use as a bitch, because yeah. it, it just, it's like her womanhood is the problem, and how mm-hmm. she's doing something that you don't like, rather than the actual action that has taken place. Right. Yeah. I go out of my way to call men bitches, just, to- <laughs> <laughs> like, if they piss me, if they, they would piss me off at work, I would go out of my way to call them a bitch, because it's like, <laughs> you're gonna call me a bitch behind my back, so let me yeah. just do it back. Like, does it hurt? Does it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and they get so sensitive about that too it's like oh how could it be a bitch my like, girl okay suck my dick then i just think honestly <laughs> i think regardless and i've had just like um i mean i've had a lot of different reactions to just we'll say being myself right mm-hmm. <laughs> right but, uh yeah. the reactions from other women you know even like friends of mine over the years um is embarrassment like they are literally embarrassed by the fact that I'm an assertive woman. It makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I you feel know, that. That is so, that's what's been crazy. Like men, you know, I don't condone it, but I get it because like, you know, but for women, I'm like, why don't you have my back? Bro? <laughs> like, oh, exactly. <laughs> I don't keep those friends around. Like I know yeah. the ones that like have been embarrassed because I've been assertive in certain situations and I just don't keep those friends around. It's just not worth my time. Yeah. Like you're not going to respect me in the way I am because I don't want to be disrespected. Then you're not worth my time. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I'll admit when I was really young, I was probably, I was definitely over the top. Like yeah. I say assertive, I mean, aggressive. Still am. But again, if I had a dick between my legs, <laughs> what would, what people wouldn't care. People because would be like, the assertiveness or aggressiveness that I had, it was like, <laughs> what a like, legend. Um, <laughs> it was like, uh, I don't know. Like if the guy was like, being an eight and a half on the asshole scale you know and then I come up from being like calm and neutral to like a six and a half or a seven you know it's not like he called my friend a name and like I lit him on fire okay like we're just talking about words like <laughs> literally <laughs> it a little venomous it might have been like an aggressive tone but it's not like I'm like anyway 
I'll never understand it. Yeah. You guys are so right because all my life until like maybe three years ago, my personality was being the nice girl, like the nice, the sweet girl, because it honestly benefited me in the way that like other people treated me. Like people were, they pretty much treated me like, oh, this person is not a threat. Like she never causes any issues. Like she's good to be around. And then when I started being a little bit more assertive, I could notice that people were they just didn't like that. I mean, they just didn't tolerate that. Um, even like my own family sometimes would be like, um, why are you being like, there's like a black hand, like a, like a dark, um, like a dark magic hand, like doing something to you, like not a black hand, like a dark magic. Like it's just yeah. like, in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're under the influence of, of something dark negative. forces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's yeah there's like dark forces like influencing you and it's really weird that just because I was being more assertive like I was like no I'm not gonna follow you I'm not gonna just be saying yes all the time like I I am going to set boundaries I'm gonna like stand my ground like just Mm -hmm. because of that it seems like there's something wrong with me like that there's like there's dark forces (laughs) around the way that I'm acting and the family thing pisses me off like especially like my Asian side of the family like I am so fucking loud and obnoxious. Like they hate it. And it's like, they've told me so many times, why are you talking so loud? I literally, this is just my tone of voice. Like this is just my sound. Like I, I can't help my volume when I'm talking about something, especially if I'm talking about something passionate, but they always used to like say like, oh, why are you so loud? Like, oh, your room is so dirty for a girl. Like, what do you mean for a girl? Like, just cause I'm a girl, like I should like have- you know like you're putting these gender roles on me and it's like fuck I don't know dude like cult, like people that come from like other countries foreigners they have such standards for like gender like I hate it yeah I hated being Asian growing up because of that I literally yeah. ran away we can talk about that another time but I literally ran away because I did not want to be Asian because of the way I was treated and because I did not want to follow the standards of being an Asian girl Anyway, that's a topic for another conversation. (laughs) That is heavy. Wow. It's fine. That is heavy, but I can't, you know. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. We're going to say it's fine. (laughs) Nobody look at it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that also happens in um, Latino culture as well. Exactly. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Yeah. I struggled with that so much. when like I moved to be near my Hispanic family when I was having kids because I was like oh this is like a wholesome place to be and whatever and like my identity becoming a mother in that family was like oh my god it was so bad for me it was so bad for me like just the the expectations of like you're the wife you're the mother and how everyone interacts in the family because and, and it's like I kind of you know I wasn't really like one of the boys one of the boys but I definitely didn't like have a lot in common with the women in the family I'll say that Mm -hmm. and so I kind of had no place to be and all of the men in my family uh were were my cousins and then they were a lot of them were just married to like and and I didn't have anything in common with their wives and they all had kids but we had different ideas about stuff and it wasn't it wasn't particularly healthy unfortunately for me um so yeah there's just a lot of expectations for women you know whether you're you know, a subordinate employee, whether you're a mom, you know, it it just never stops, you know? And I think my most, probably my, my highest annoyance we'll say of like cultural expectations and cultural norms now that I've had kids 
is like the expectations for a mom versus a dad. Like a dad is a great dad if he does one nice thing for his kid. He literally just needs to exist. An amazing dad. But a mom will kill herself for her kids. And somehow she killed herself improperly. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, yes. you know, it's uh, crazy. It's insane, man. I know you're married, Carmen, but like, this is why I do not believe in the institution of marriage. Like, I don't want to be your wife. Like, you can be my husband if you want, but like, I just don't believe in it. Like, I just, it's just because it's so like, it's, it is the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and I'm not taking anyone's last name. I'm not anyone's belonging or position, possession, position, possession. Like, I don't, it's just like that, the, 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 the thought of being married scares me. Like, I don't want to be a wife. I just want to be me. I don't I was. I said the exact same thing. Carmen, I'm not changing my mind. No, 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 no. I know I'm you not changed your change, mind. No, I promise I'm not trying to change your mind. All I'm going to tell you is I was the exact same way. Like I was a child of um, divorce. My family was very, very broken. And I had grown up with a lot of like step this and, you know, half that. And like, um, I just seen a lot, you know, and I just didn't, I didn't believe that it could work. You know, I thought it was all just a total, you know, farce, jam, whatever. Um, and you know, it it was one of those things annoying as it may be, like I met Devin and I was very open about like how I felt about that kind of stuff. Um, and our, our whole, like probably first year or so he, he'd always like make comments like, oh, I can tell you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I was, I was just waiting for him to start being an ass. (laughs) Like I was, (laughs) I was waiting. I knew it was coming. I didn't know when. Um, and you know, it just didn't happen. And I mean, obviously we've been together 10 years, so we've both been an ass by now, but Um, being married to him has been completely different than what I thought marriage was based on what I saw growing up. So like, is marriage a construct of the patriarchy originally? Of course. But like, you know, look at like, um, you know, LGBTQ plus community, like they want to be involved in marriage and like, they want to have kids and, um, something Val and I were talking about recently. They didn't have it. What? Um, they wanted it only because they couldn't have it? Yeah, because like it wasn't something allowed for them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to be like controversial about this. I'm just saying like, I feel like a lot of them, even though like they may have wanted the marriage thing to be legal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of them still like went through with it because it's still the like patriarchy. I don't know. Well, Sorry I mean, if, that was, I think marriage, if that's controversial, my bad. I think, okay, like, don't cancel Crystal. Um, no, honestly, like, it's totally different to me now than when I first got married. Like what you think it is, you have your best, your best idea, but it's, it's going to be something different for everybody, whether you're, you know, hetero or you're gay or like whatever your, your journey is. Right. And whether it's a marriage or a partner, um, you know, I think that for me, uh, Devin had a really specific childhood the way I had a really specific childhood. And we had this weird um, shared values because of the specific sort of childhood trauma, if you want to call it that or whatever that we went through. And it bonded us in a really deep and intense way. And even now, like, I don't regret, you know, anything about choosing him, you know, like, I don't, I don't ever think like it would be easier if I was single right now, because I could just like go find someone new, like what him and I have does feel for me, like worth protecting and worth continuing on. 
Um, it's not the partnership I have a problem with. It's just the marriage. It's part. just the marriage part. Like it's literally yeah. just the marriage part. Like okay. I will have a partner in life if yeah. I want. Yeah. I just I'm not getting married. Sorry, yeah. there's no paper yeah. for this. And I think yeah. for me, well, it, oh, go ahead, Val. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, no. I I just wanted to say, but that there's just like some additional benefits that come with it in in the legal sense. Like you can go to a hospital and see like your partner if they're like dying or something like that. You have like tax benefits. Yeah, just you can just like say that you're their part. You're their wife. Like, cause like after like seven years, aren't you just like domestic partners anyways? So isn't that, that still? Works. Don't you still have tax advantages as a domestic partner? Uh, depends on the state, um, as far as I understand it. But so for for me um and this is just my journey so like as crystal said like don't cancel me this is just like what i experienced don't cancel us <laughs> we're <And> learning <laughs> we're gonna have to name this episode don't cancel us I know. <laughs> <laughs> um but like what i wanted out of life based on the life i had had up until marriage okay and so for me um yes you can have a partner and you can like plan to be with that person forever but like being married does sort of bind you in a specific way, you know, where you're like, okay, we're like on paper, we're legit, like we share a name. And that was important for me, um, as far as like the having kids side went, because I came from not really having a dad around, you know, like I came from, you know, the, like I said, like the stepmom, the stepdad, the step siblings, the half siblings, like it was, it always felt very chaotic to me. And I, I really wanted the chance to, um, to have kids and to have like this sort of home that I didn't. And mm-hmm. the thing about being married to someone versus just dating them is like, no matter how, who you're with, you could, they could be your best friend. You could get along with them forever. You're going to hate their guts at some point. Yeah, you're of just course. going to, right. especially like, oh my gosh, the pandemic and everyone's stuck together and like having kids is really hard. And like, Oof, I don't know, you how know you there's a lot that goes into it. And the, the obligation of the fact that you're married sort of helps you think more pragmatically about situations mm-hmm. when you're emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes any sense, I don't know. It's, no, it's yeah. the, I can only try no, it to explain sense. it because I've lived it, but yeah. like, um, but to me, like the marriage, like to a lot of people, marriage isn't what it is to me. Like a lot of people get married and then they get divorced and you know, life goes on and Mm -hmm. it was just like a partner that like, it didn't work out. But for me, like I was only ever going to get married if I was like legit going to keep my ass married, um, especially with kids. So for me, it was different because I saw so much of it not work as a kid. Um, I mean, don't, I don't mean like different, just like that was what it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting married, right? Yeah, I, I want to get married. I don't know. I'm just, I just think like, at least like personally, I, I have been treated very badly by man, like terrible. I, I, yeah. So I don't know, just like the idea of like, oh, somebody's like so secure in me that they're willing to like go that far to, to like, you know, propose and have this wedding and like just sign a contract that is like we're binded for the rest of our lives. It's just like, it, it would just mean a lot to me just based on the fact that like, uh, you know, you, some people haven't even met like the bare minimum basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do, I do want to get married just like, you know, like why not go all the way? Uh, at least that's my thought, but I probably wouldn't change my last name. <laughs> Can I be the flower girl? I've oh. always been <laughs> yeah. the flower girl. Sure. <laughs> Grown ass woman at your wedding throwing flowers. 
Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm single, so like that's like, not gonna happen. Right. At least not another ten years. <laughs> it's still commendable that like you've been fucked over by these fuckboys, but you still have hope. I'm hopeless. Uh, I'm good on. I it. mean, I mean, like the thing that, is that I either. Oh, go ahead. That because that contract can be easily broken. It's so easy. Like the divorce rates are so high. Like, what does that paper really even mean? You know, it's like you had to show. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I said the exact same thing, Crystal. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I said the exact same things. I'm not trying to say I'm going to convert you. I'm just telling you. I said the same I, thing. I feel. I feel like I'm getting converted. No, right no, 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 no conversion. <laughs> we'll never marry. No. Never no. marrying dust. I, I mean. The fact that it it has such a high value, it's why it's like so, you know, like commendable to me because I feel like I wouldn't marry like so many people. Like I probably I'm okay with like either being single for life and like dying single over like marrying the wrong person. Like if I'm getting married, like I I just have to be so sure that that's going to happen. But I don't think I would just like have a partner for the rest of my life without marrying them. Um, I think I would just like be single instead Um, just because and that's why like I married for marriage for me is only going to happen if it's like I am 100% sure about this person like this person is not going to mess me up but you know you you always can get surprises like out, right. down the line but I guess like as sure as you can get about that yeah yeah I and feel like you. people change over the years too right like, exactly. I mean, yeah yeah it's it's a long haul it's a long haul yeah sure. Carmen's like I'm warning you now it is a long journey, guys <laughs> I mean <laughs> it I took just, a long time to get here <laughs> I just think that I I mean, honestly, I was lucky, you know, like I had a lot of hopes and, um, I'm happy for you. Know. you. Like the fact that you yeah. were the way that I was and you found love and you like everything that you believed in that I believe in now, it just like went out the window because someone was able to like prove you wrong. It took a that's long great. time. No, that's long time. awesome. Yeah, but I am stubborn awesome. as fuck and it's probably not gonna happen because <laughs> like every relationship that I, dudes are just douchebags man they're just animals yeah. at the end of the day guys any guys <laughs> listening right now you know you're all fucking dogs let's be honest <laughs> especially you alpha males oh my gosh oh, no. not the alpha males um alpha I would males. say you know on that topic I, I just feel like it's also the patriarchy that has made a lot yeah. of men out there to yeah. be the way that Facts. they are you know like objectifying women to the point where like if you go on a date dating app like they like try to manipulate you or, or like immediately just see you as an object and it doesn't okay. like it rarely even feels like you're talking to another person just because they're so like robotic in the way that they treat you yeah uh yeah it's and you know I blame the patriarchy <laughs> it is uh, another patriarchy. thing so <laughs> another thing is that my concern about getting married and all of that is that I feel like women now you know like back in the 1950s they were expected to like stay home and the husband works and you know like they provide for the kids or whatever but now women are still expected to take care of the kids take care of the house and work on top of that yeah uh, well I don't think that there's much of that expectation for the husband I think the husband still works but like women are supposed to do everything and something Val was saying earlier about like you know she didn't feel like she was the most nurturing um I think I can't remember exactly how you said it but you can you remind me how you said oh, it I mean, I feel like I'm a bit nurturing, but I definitely have met men who are like more nurturing than I am. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's something like for me, like my husband and I are actually for better or worse, we're like the same. So like our poor kids, like we both, him and I have to like struggle to get to like the, the nurturing vibe. <laughs> but if I was with a dude who was like hella into it and nurturing, um, yeah. then, you know, I'd be like, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, have thought that beforehand though. 
but having had now had kids, been stay at home with them, also worked, I'm like, I have to work. I will lose my mind if I'm a stay at home mom. Like, yeah, see me in the nut house making TikToks. Like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I, I, that wouldn't work out for me. I wouldn't, I don't and have it in me either. I don't have it in me. And the other problem is like, I, ch- I choose fuck boys because they're fun, right? And that is the issue. Like, I would just rather stay away. Like, because dude, people bore me so easily. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy. Like, as friends, people bore me so easily. But especially guys, if there's nothing exciting, I just can't. Like, I apologize. Don't cancel me. Y'all, if y'all are boring, like, I just can't. That's why we, that's why a lot of girls are attracted to fuck boys. And unfortunately, I know that that's my type. So I know for my mental health, I can't do it. I just yeah I think yeah um my ideal scenario would be you know like we really like split the house duties and the child caring duties and all of that um but I feel like a lot of guys are not kind of like trained to do that uh from you know a a lot of us women like we get we're taught to cook we're taught to like clean the house like and then so if you want your partner to do that I feel like it's a little bit harder because a lot of these guys don't get like even like basic training when it comes to those things and it, it's just kind of like you fall into, okay, fine, I'll do it this time. And you kind of, it's very easy to slip into that. Like, oh, you just end up doing everything because you know how to do it. It's true because as much as I'm like, I don't want to do house stuff. Like when I, my ex-boyfriend, we lived together. Like we got a house together. Like, oh, I was just, I was cleaning. I was doing the dishes because he fucking sucked at it. Like it was just like, it just didn't make sense for to do double work. And I don't want to fall into that pattern. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good feeling to be honest. Yeah. But that's yeah. just me guys. I'm just I jaded. I think that <laughs> men are coddled and oh, I yeah. think they just yes. wait for us to do it because they know yes. we're going to do it eventually. And oh. I know this because my husband and I are both more like the average man and that neither one of us want to do the dishes or the laundry. <laughs> and it gets gross around here sometimes because nobody's doing it. But yeah. when my mom comes to visit and she's here, we let, we let her clean away. And, it's like, and I feel bad, you know, and I'm not trying to take advantage of her, but it's just one of those, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, most men um, are, are overly coddled and they'll just wait. Mm-hmm. And they don't think they're being manipulative. They don't think they're being lazy. They're just going about their life because eventually someone will do it for them. Often, oftentimes. Yeah, that is true. The the, the luxury of being men. Right? (laughs) Just just, just the the luxury, the (laughs) the benefits, the advantages and luxury of just being men. What a life. Well, we right. can wrap well, up after that. Yeah, statement. I, was gonna say, I think we touched on a lot. I know we totally veered. Um, oh no, this was perfect. Theranos, but that was pretty great. This was um, amazing. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys, and feel free to leave comments below. It's really important um, to have these discussions. That's why Girls Night exists. Um, so please leave comments so we can keep the conversation going. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, we ask that you give us a thumbs up and subscribe. So stay tuned. Thank you. And also guys, this is a disclaimer. It's already going to be in the description. Don't cancel us. Like if you feel like you need to correct us, tell us in the comments and we will reply to you. Like we don't want, we're here all to learn. Let's not make this an issue. Let's make sure we can, we can call each other out, but let's do it in a diplomatic way and we can just learn. 
That's all. Yes. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.